You're listening to the Rob Review Podcast. Evan Rob and Laura Rob share their thoughts and opinions on teaching, learning, and leadership. And now, the Rob Review Podcast with Evan and Laura. Evan Rob and I am joined today with Laura Rob. This is the Rob Review Podcast. Welcome, Laura. Well, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Evan. And I bet this is a topic that you're excited to talk about. Absolutely. You know what's really exciting about the Rob Review today, Laura, is you know we're getting ready to do our podcast, and lo and behold, this morning our doorbell rings and Travis Crowder's here. Hey, hey. <laughs> Travis, welcome to the Rob Review, and Thank you. uh, you're a very late addition to this podcast. We appreciate you showing up today and enjoy an opportunity to have some discussions with you. Today, our topic is going to be finding your reading identity. And this is particularly interesting to me, being able to be in the presence of two experts when it comes to um, language arts instruction, because as I've told viewers before, um, rather repetitively, that I really didn't have much of a reading identity because I didn't read too much. And uh, so I'm going to make it real. You didn't read at all. No, I didn't read at all. No, I really didn't read much until college and didn't too much then, honestly. But uh, but I'm there now and I'm learning and uh, I'm excited. So let's talk about our reading identity. And Travis, since you just showed up at the door, we're just going to throw a question right at you. Yeah, bring it. Absolutely. So why don't you share a little bit with us? What does a reading identity mean to a language arts teacher? What do you and what do you want kids to develop uh, that, that you work with? Well, a reading identity is important because for kids, if we want them to read, we have to help them find the reading that's meaningful to them. And if they don't know, if they come into our classrooms and they don't know what that reading is, then we've got some work to do. And so do they. They've got some to you of taking time to figure out what it is that they enjoy. Having you know a teacher in front of them who is giving tons of book talks, having conversations with their peers, finding out what their their peers like to read, and getting an idea of what is actually out there. Uh, most of the time, I think it's students don't know, as do many adults, what kind of books are out there. That there is there there are tons that will appeal to a wide range of interests. You're absolutely right, <clears throat> Travis. What what I find is that kids come into my classes and. Uh, they don't know how to choose right? Uh, because they've never had that opportunity. They've always been guided. But when you think about always telling someone what to read mm-hmm. as they mature and, and end up as an adult, they still haven't found mm-hmm. their reading identity because right. they never had that option to choose and say, I don't like this. Right. Right. And someone has always you know, been guiding them and saying, no, this is the type of book that you should read. This is the type of book that you need to read. And if you've not chosen and you haven't been able to decide for yourself, this book is not for me, then you're not figuring out what your identity is. Someone is helping you or forming that for you. And that's not the formation of a true reading identity. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I think that... Uh, kids also need the opportunity to talk about books that mm-hmm. they have enjoyed or books Constantly. that they yeah they really have abandoned mm-hmm. and they need to tell people why so right. other kids on the same frame mm-hmm. uh, will avoid that book for the time being you know and i think that's an important topic you know i think back to uh, you know, back in the day in a lot of middle schools when kids would complete reading a book they would do a project uh, you know, the book report in a bag, the, mm-hmm. the diorama with a shoebox. And so the conversations about reading weren't occurring. It was just simply read the book and then create a product after it. 
and I, you all have commented on that before, so I'm not going to ask you to comment on that. But what I will ask you to comment on is what needs to be within a language arts classroom in terms of the amount of books for a teacher to be effective in helping kids build their reading identity. And, and I ask that from a principal standpoint because administrators who listen to this podcast will have questions about budget and allocation of funds and, and how much money to put into language arts classrooms to make sure that we have enough books for kids. Well, for me, um, a starter library is 600 books, but it's the word starter really kind of describes it. Mm -hmm. My goal is for teachers to uh, aim for 1,500 to 2,000 books uh, in their class library and know that every year there'll be about a 5% loss so that uh, schools need to budget Mm -hmm. for that loss. And also, we need to bring in new books because new books are being published. Mm -hmm. We don't want to have a class library of books that are old. Uh, Some of them should be there, and they're excellent, but we need to bring in the new books that are being published. Absolutely. And, you know, to develop a reading life and for students to really begin to get a grasp of it, they have to be reading. And they have to be reading more than we can talk with them about. They have to be able, you know, they, they should be reading more than we can sit down and have a conversation with them about those particular books. And, you know, just whenever they finish one, being able then to know where is it I'm going to go. Penny Kittle says that the difference between a reader and a non-reader is that a reader has a plan. And I think that is another part of that reading identity. As you get better at it and as you read more, you know where you want to go. Absolutely. And think about yourself, Travis, or, and I think about myself. I have like stacks of books on uh, on a table where I read in the dining room and uh, on my a table near my bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that these are books I know I've got to get to because they're right. on my mind. I have to read them. I want kids to be able to do that too. Can you all share a little a little thoughts on the power of choice when it comes to independent reading? For How much time do you have? Well, <laughs> little thoughts. Just a little bit. Just a, some brief thoughts. How about that? I think choice is the element. Absolutely. That's what leads to a reading life. And I mean, you think about you, Evan, you think about you, Laura, we are readers and we enjoy reading because choice is that element that you know, we, we don't have someone standing over us telling us, you have to read this, you have to read that. And I, while I believe there's power in everyone coming together and reading a text, I think that's powerful. It's even more powerful for a student to be, or anyone, any reader, to go off and find those books that are meaningful to Absolutely. And you know, the students I teach, Travis, are coming into like fifth and sixth grade, reading four to five years below Mm -hmm. grade level. They have, most of them never read a book. They've been read to, but they haven't even listened. They don't know how to choose a book. Mm -hmm. So that we spend a lot of time modeling and helping them make choices um, so that they can read and enjoy it, not read and show make everyone think that they are a real cool reader. They can read a 500-page book, Mm -hmm. which they can't. But choice has to start in kindergarten. I agree. I agree. I think, you know, the thing being we... We put so many parameters around what reading actually is. We've tried to create it into this. Well, you, I'm going to make up a word here. Programify it right. to the point where it's it's you know lost its meaning. But you know, whenever you put the child, the reader, in the driver's seat and say, "All right, now you've got the autonomy to choose. Go forth. Here are some options." 
I'm always amazed at where they'll go. Absolutely. And it'll be rocky. And that's, I don't want anyone to think that it's smooth sailing. Oh, it's going to have its, you know, its problems. It's going to be, you know, they're going to wobble quite a bit. But, but that's how you learn. That's right. right. And, you know, I wanted to bring in something that Mary Howard always talks about. And that is the huge emphasis on guided reading to mm-hmm. the exclusion of self-selected independent mm-hmm. reading. I think we need to find a balance. That guided reading is not enough to create a reader. Right. right. To create a reader, volume matters mm-hmm. and choice matters. That's right. Yeah, it's really powerful. The, you know, and guided reading can certainly be effective i don't think we any of us would dispute that but we do tend to look at the buzzwords in education and what what the the thing is you know at the moment and what i appreciate is you all are are bringing me back and and hopefully everyone who's listened to this to some really fundamental elements that are important to have within the language arts classroom which is kids need to read and they need to have choice with the reading and they need to develop a reading life but that won't occur if they don't read Absolutely. The other thing is, and Travis, you have just mentioned this, uh, conversations the teacher has Mm -hmm. with the student, but we also have to make sure the students can have conversations with each other and that some of those are informal. Like, you know, I've seen two students finish different books and they want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Well, they should be able to. And they have to learn how to talk about books. But if you don't read a book Mm -hmm. uh, and have a teacher up there modeling some of the things you say about a book, then uh, uh, they just don't know how to do it. No, and if they're not in a literacy-rich environment where the, you know, anytime I give a book talk, I put it somewhere. I have a list of book talks that I've given across the year. Anytime a student finishes a book, there's a poster that that child writes the title of that book on. I have books po- or, you know, on the ledges in my classroom on tops of countertops. We have stuff student-created things around the room. Anchor charts are filling the walls because we want that literacy-rich environment. And you know, it's par- that's part of what helps keep them in that flow, keeping them in that, that, you know, that mindset of this is, a, this is a classroom where reading matters. Absolutely. And when reading matters, you're actually reading and talking about mm-hmm. books. That really is very powerful, Laura. When reading matters, you're actually talking and thinking about books. And that's going to bring us to a close of this podcast. The Rob Review Podcast is wrapping up. Travis, we thank you for coming to visit with us today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, and really to share the importance and your passion about developing a reading identity. Laura, always always learn from you, and and your passion is contagious. And uh, thank you for sharing some of that information today also. Happy to do so. Come back next time for the Rob Review Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the Rob Review Podcast. Check out our blogs at therobreviewblog.com and tell a friend. Thanks again and see you next time.